have a, um, a series on predestined to his purpose and today's teaching will be the last in this series. And uh, in this teaching and the previous one, we're having a look at the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ um, and how God in fact predestined our salvation through the sacrifice of his son. And in the previous teaching we had a look at how God predestined us through um, redeeming us from sin. And in today's teaching we're wanting to look at how God has predestined us through the redemption um, that we have received in Christ from death. Uh, for not only has God redeemed us from sin, but he has also in his son redeemed us from death as well. And so we're needing to understand uh, that particular aspect as it pertains to the predestination of man um, along this line. And the opening scripture we'll look at um, in today's teaching is in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. The scripture says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him for whom all things, oh, sorry, are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. And so, um, in the same manner that Jesus has redeemed us from sin, he has also redeemed us from death. And so the way that Jesus redeemed, God the Father redeemed us from sin through our Lord Jesus Christ, is that Jesus uh, took upon himself the sin of the whole world. Uh, and so because he took the sin of the whole world, he has thus redeemed us from sin. In the same manner, Jesus has redeemed us from death because he has uh, taken upon himself the death of the whole world. You know, in other words, he died for everyone. The scripture says, by the grace of God, Jesus has tasted death for everyone. And so we need to understand <clears throat> that um, when Christ Jesus redeemed us from, from sin, um, he set us free from sin. In other words, sin no longer has dominion over believers. We saw that in the previous teaching. Uh, we said that all well, the scriptures tells us very plainly that all who have died have been freed from sin. And we said, now that is... Um, that takes place um, when people actually do die physically, that they are freed from sin. But we said that as far as believers are concerned, because we die um, in Christ, that we are thus uh, freed from sin in this life, and we can walk in that by faith. However, as we have been redeemed from sin and been set free from sin in Christ, so it is that we have also been redeemed from death and been set free from death in Christ Jesus. And so death also, just as sin no longer has dominion over believers, Romans chapter 6 is very plain on that truth, uh, might be 6, might be 7, um, so it is that death has no dominion over believers either, for Christ has set us free from death. And so we need to understand uh, the truth around that. Because there is some strange teaching along that line, so we're going to just see what the scripture actually does teach us along that line. And so in order for us to understand what death uh, Christ has redeemed us from, we need to understand the nature of death itself. 
And so we'll have a look at a, another passage of scripture that gives us some more clarity as to this redemption that we have in Christ from death itself. And that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Uh, the Apostle Paul writing, he said, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver, deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. And so, in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul teaches us that God has delivered from what he called so great a death. So what is this great death that God has delivered us from? Well, if we um, have a, a, a look at Scripture and we see um, what it reveals to us about death, we know that Jesus has not uh, delivered us from physical death because all men still incur physical death. Even though Jesus did die for us on the cross and he himself incurred physical death, um, all men still incur physical death. For well, the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 tells us very plainly that is appointed for all men once to die and after that the judgment. And so you get some strange teaching that would try and teach us that you know believers can attain to a, a spiritual um, place where they'll never die physically. They will be immortal. And that's not the Bible at all. Um, all believers and all unbelievers alike incur physical death. For God's appointed that all men should die once. And he's talking about physical death in that instance. And so we see that Jesus has not delivered us from physical death. There is one category of believers that will not taste physical death. And that are those are the believers that will be alive on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, to the earth, his physical uh, second coming. Uh, Paul said, you know, we, we will not all die, but we will all be changed. And so it's that category of saints who are physically alive on the earth when our Lord returns. Their bodies will be changed instantly and become immortal. And they will rise together with those who have already passed away in Christ uh, on, the, on the, the day of resurrection. That's the first resurrection. And so they will not incur physical death. But up until that time, from the beginning of mankind, from Adam, all the way through until our Lord returns to the earth, all men will partake of physical death, including believers. So Jesus has not redeemed us from physical death. Now, Jesus has also not redeemed us from spiritual death, because the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12 teaches us very clearly that all men sinned and therefore all men died. And when it says all men died, it's talking about all men died spiritually. For spiritual death enters in uh, through sin. Sin is the vehicle whereby mankind partakes of spiritual death. And so because all men are born under the law when they're born into the earth, the moment they commit sin at the age of 13, and God now holds them accountable for sin, uh, they die spiritually, as Romans 5.12 teaches us. Uh, all have died for all have sinned. And so just as Adam and Eve, when they committed sin in the Garden of Eden, they died spiritually instantly because they were also created under the law. Their law was, thou shalt not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. 
They broke that law. God said, if you do that, you will die. And that's exactly what transpired. They died spiritually on that occasion. And so all men partake of spiritual death. And so even believers, spiritual death uh, has power over believers prior to them becoming believers because all, all believers were dead spiritually and then we were born again. We were made alive once again. That's what being born again is. It's being made alive once again by God. And so all men incur physical death and all men incur spiritual death, believers and unbelievers alike. And so Jesus has not delivered us from either physical death or spiritual death. But the scripture is very plain that he has redeemed us from death. And Paul calls it so great a death. So what is the death that our Lord Jesus Christ has redeemed believers from? And we pick that up in this passage of scripture, Re Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. The scripture says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And so we see that in Scripture actually does reveal to us three separate deaths. It reveals to us physical death, spiritual death, all men die spiritually, and it reveals to us the second death. And it's the second death over which, um, has, which has no power over believers and so all believers partake of the first two deaths physical death and spiritual death but they do not partake of the second death all unbelievers partake of all three physical death spiritual death and the second death but it is the second death uh, over which which has no power over believers and so that is the 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 great death that paul is referring to that god has delivered us from because it was never God's intention that mankind should actually partake of the second death. Look at this passage of Scripture, um, Revelation 20, verse 14 and 15. The Scripture says, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so, we want to now understand, well, what is the second death? Well, the scripture is very plain to us in that passage, that the second death is being cast into the lake of fire and brimstone for all eternity. But what type of a death is this? Um, and so we want you to understand this death that Jesus has delivered us from. Um, because, it was, as I said, it was never God's intention that mankind should partake of the second death. Matthew 25, 41, our Lord spoke about the fact that that lake of fire and brimstone was prepared for Satan and his angels. It was not prepared for mankind. And so right at the outset of this teaching, we said that it's God's perfect will that all men should be saved. And so God never intended for mankind to be thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone for all eternity. Uh, he always intended for Satan and his angels to be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone, but not for men to be cast in there. And so we want to just understand, okay, well, what is the second death then? Um, well, the very fact that it's called the second death uh, indicates to us obviously very clearly that of necessity there must obviously be then a first death. 
If there's to be a second death, there has to be a first. So what is the first death that uh, men incur that then um, places them in the position whereby they can partake of the second death? Well, in order for us to understand what the first death is, let's have a look at what the second death is. Well, because that will then point us back to what the first death is that all men incur. Um, and so the second death that we look at in Scripture, when we look at it, it we see that in fact it is a, a, a spiritual death and not a physical death. You say, well, how do we know that? Well, we know that because as Jesus referred, uh, mentioned to us in Matthew uh, 25, 41, that God prepared that lake of fire and brimstone for Satan and his angels. Now, we know that angels are immortal. They cannot be killed. Jesus taught us that in Luke uh, 20, 36. And so angels cannot die physically. But we also know that angels are spirit beings. And that's in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. So that teaches us that particular truth. And so because angels partake of this particular death, it therefore has to be spiritual in nature. Because it cannot be physical, because angels can't die. God created them to be immortal beings. They cannot die physically. They are spirit beings, and so therefore the death, the second death, has to be spiritual in nature and not physical. And so that points us back now to the first death that all mankind partake of, which is spiritual death. And we've already said that. The scripture teaches us in Romans chapter 5 that all men die spiritually and are separated from God and that's why we have to be born again. We have to be made alive once again because all of us are, were spiritually dead before God. We were dead in trespasses and sins before we believed in Jesus our Lord. And so when God sent His Son to deliver us from death, it is in fact the second death that Jesus Christ has delivered us from. That is the spiritual death, the second spiritual death that men can incur, but they don't need to incur because Jesus has already incurred that death for us. And so when Jesus died on the cross, not only did he die physically, he also died spiritually. He had to because he had to redeem us from the second death. And that second death is a spiritual death. And so in order for Jesus to redeem us from the spiritual death, he had to partake of it himself. Just as Jesus, in order to redeem us from our sins, he had to take upon himself our sins. And so in order for him to redeem us from uh, the second death, he had to take upon himself our second death, which is a spiritual death. That's why the scripture refers to Jesus not only has been raised from the dead, the first one raised from the dead, but on more than one occasion in the New Testament, it refers to Jesus as being the first born from the dead. And so in order for one to be born from the dead, one has to have been dead. And so God allowed Jesus to incur spiritual death. And when he raised him from the dead, he made him alive once again in the lowest part of hell, in, the, in that lowest uh, pit. And Jesus was made alive. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. So not only is he the first raised from the dead, but he is also the firstborn from the dead. And so, and so a lot of Christians struggle with that particular truth, that Jesus died spiritually. But he had to in order to be able to redeem us 
from the second death. And so um, that is the death that Jesus has redeemed us from. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 and 7 to 17 gives us a bit more insight along this line as well. The scripture says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so this passage of Scripture tells us, we, he says, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Now, this passage is dealing with... Um, those who are in Christ, for it goes on to say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So this is not talking about the whole world. When it says then all died, it's talking about all believers in Christ died. So when did that happen? Well, when Jesus died, all believers died with him. And how did, how did that happen? It wasn't our physical death, because had we... Had believers died physically with Jesus, well then believers cannot die again because we would have then been redeemed from physical death. But that's not the case. Um, when Jesus died, he died our second death for us. And when we died with him, we already were dead spiritually. Because, because before we're born again, we are spiritually dead. We've shown that in Ephesians very plainly, that all mankind is dead in spirit, uh, trespasses and sins. And so we have to be born again. We have to be um, born from the dead. Jesus was the first born from the dead. And we are all have our own number in there. We're the one millionth born from the dead. Uh, in fact, the scripture teaches us that John, the apostle, was the second born from the dead. We're not going to get into that kind of depth. But that's where we were. So we were all spiritually dead already when we died with Christ. So what is the death we incurred when we died with Christ? It, is, it was, in fact, our second death. And that is why the second death has no power over believers, because they've already died that death in Christ. And, um, but unbelievers, the second death does have power over them. Why? Because they have not died in Christ. Although Christ tasted death for all men, not all men partook of the death of Christ. You say, well, where do we pick that up in Scripture? Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 4 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? We've already dealt with that. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, but just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And so that's where the cutoff took place, at the death of Christ. This is where the predestination of God once again makes itself manifest. 
For although Christ died for all men and tasted death for all men, because don't forget, he took upon himself the sin of the whole world. He, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he then died for the whole world. He then went into hell and he suffered for the sin of the whole world. He then was made alive uh, once again by God. He was raised up and he went into heaven and he offered up his, his blood as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. So all of that was done for the world. And so Jesus tasted death for everyone. However, this, it, it was at the cross that the cutoff took place because it was only those who were baptized into Christ that were baptized into his death. Uh, verse 3 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So in other words, it is believers that were immersed into the death of Christ. The world wasn't. Although Jesus tasted death for the whole world, God at that point took all believers from Adam all, all the way through to the close of the age. And he at that point immersed them into the death of his son. And so we died with Christ. Although Christ died for all, it is only believers that died with him. And so that's where the cutoff took place. That's where predestination once again is manifested in God's uh, plan. Um, and so because we have died with Christ, we have thus been redeemed from the second death. Because when we died with Christ, that was in fact our second death. Because we were all spiritually dead already when we died with Christ. And so we died once again. And that second death, that was our second death. And so Christ died our second death for us. We were made uh, baptized into that death. And so, as I said, that's the cutoff. That, that, although, God, although Jesus uh, died for, tasted death for the whole world, the whole world did not partake of his death. Only those who believe in Christ partook of his death. And we pick up again, now, now we can understand this passage of Scripture a little bit more clearly. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. The Scripture says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, it's that everybody died spiritually, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us, in Christ Jesus and so when Christ died God took all believers the church he took the church and he immersed them into Christ's death and so they died with him all believers the church died with Christ when Christ was made alive the church was already in Christ the church was made alive at the same time that's why the scripture said um, God made us alive together with Christ. So it all happened then. And then when God raised Christ from the dead, He raised the church up with Christ, the scripture says, and raised us up together. And so when Christ was seated at the right hand of the Father, so was the church, because the church is in Christ all the time. And that's why the scripture says, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
And so God could do that because we were in Christ when Christ died. God took the church and baptized, immersed us into his death. That became our second death. When Christ was made alive, so was the church. When Christ was raised, so was the church. When Christ was seated at the right hand of the Father, so was the church. All of that transpired at that time. And so the way that that is manifested in the life of individual believers is when they are born again. And so although it occurred 2,000 years ago, it is really only made manifest through the individual's life, the individual believer's life, when they accept Christ Jesus as Lord. Now, that which has already transpired is brought about. Just like we said with regards to uh, receiving remission of sins. We, the, the blood of Christ is only applied to the life of the believer when they're born again. That's when their old sins are washed away. Although they, their sins were already cleansed in Christ 2,000 years ago, um, that blood is only applied to their sins when they give their hearts to the Lord. And then their old sins are washed in the blood of the Lamb. At the same time, although each believer has already been um, made, died with Christ, been made alive together with Christ, been raised together with Christ, and is have already been seated together with Christ, that is only made manifest in the life of the believer at the time that they give their hearts to Christ. For it's at that point that they are then born again, and once again made alive in Christ Jesus. And so it's only manifested in each individual life when they give their hearts to the Lord. So it's not a case of God then takes us back and then baptizes us into Christ's death um, and, and raises us from the dead and, and makes us alive again and seats us in Christ. Not at all. All of that was done at the same time. That's why the scripture says, He made us alive together with Christ, raised us up together, made us sit together. So at the same time when God did it with Jesus, He did it with the church because the church was already baptized into Jesus at that time. And so that's the predestination aspect coming again through because the world was not um, baptized into Christ's death. They were not made alive with Christ. They were not raised together with Christ and they were not seated together with Christ in heavenly places. That The cutoff took place at the cross. Although Jesus tasted death for all men, not all men were baptized into his death. Only the church was. And that's where God's predestination uh, comes in. And so that's our, how Christ has redeemed us from death. He's in fact redeemed us from the second death. And so the second death has no power over the church, but the second death certainly has power over the unbelievers. Well, that passage of scripture we read uh, speaks about the fact that all whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life are cast into that lake of fire and brimstone. And that is right from eternity that that decision was made as to who was predestined for destruction. And so they are predestined to be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone. But right from the outset, they weren't predestined. God, it wasn't his intention. It was his perfect will that all men should be saved. And that brings us to the end of the series on predestined to his purpose. We're going to end the teaching that one day. Amen.